Well, Merry Christmas. <laughs> and we even have a white Christmas. We don't need to dream about it. We actually have one. Uh, if, you, if you drove past the front of the church this morning, uh, you probably felt like me in a Norman Rockwell painting, right? Like, I mean, it's just, it's incredible. So uh, for those of you who came out and joined us this morning at 9 a.m. on Christmas, uh, you got pay dirt. It was pretty impressive. So, um, and for all the kids in the room this morning, Merry Christmas. Uh, I recognize that I am one of the hurdles between you and your Christmas presents, whether you're waiting to open them or have opened them. Um, but, but kiddos, thank you for joining us this morning. I know you, you gave up a lot. To, to be here and to, to celebrate Christ's birth with us in church. And so just want to shout out to you guys. And so, so good job. We appreciate you guys. So Now, how many of you have a Christmas music playlist? Like Spotify or iTunes, Apple Music, something like that? Yeah, hands. So um, Christmas music playlists uh, can be kind of eclectic, can't they? Uh, there's an author who even described it as a sort of uh, mental and emotional whiplash when you're listening to your Christmas playlist. Uh, you go from something like uh, rocking around the Christmas tree, and then you're graced by the, the beauty and peacefulness of Silent Night, right? And then the next song comes up and something about grandma getting run over by a reindeer, right? And then, lo, how air a rose blooming, right? Uh, and then there's, uh, with apologies to Sir Paul, there's wonderful Christmas time, which we should ball up and throw in the trash and just forget it exists, right? Anyway, um, if you've ever worked retail, you probably abhor that song. But anyway, it's wild when you think about it, right? A Christmas playlist just kind of goes wee, 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 like a roller coaster. And, it, and it, to me, when we experience that, it, it's actually a, an accurate picture of some of the reality behind Christmas. You know, Christmas is a season of joy, Right? Christmas is a season of anticipation. We do Advent. We light Advent candles. Uh, it's a season of beauty, you know, snow outside of our church. But there's also a, a bittersweet element of Christmas, and uh, for the, that's for those of us who, is, as Paul Harvey would say, know the rest of the story. We know that while we celebrate the joy of Christ's birth today, uh, we know that, that that baby in the manger was born with a mission. We recognize that mission was going to result in his death on the cross. And, and of course, it would be followed up by his resurrection. But even so, it's, it's a bittersweet reality, isn't it? That as we celebrate Christmas, there's, there's sort of a shadow over that. Now, the writers of our older Christmas carols really didn't shy away from that fact. Uh, take, for example, uh, this line from O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. From the depths of hell thy people save and give them victory o'er the grave. Disperse the gloomy clouds of night and, and, and death's dark shadows put to flight. So there you go. It kind of embraces that reality, that dichotomy. Or what about hark the herald angels sing? Light and life to all he brings, risen with healing in his wings. Mild he lays his glory by, born that man no more may die. Incredible, right? How about good Christian men rejoice? Now ye need not fear the grave. Peace, peace. Jesus Christ was born to save. Or lo, how a rose air blooming. This flower whose fragrance tender with sweetness fills the air, dispels with glorious splendor the darkness everywhere. True man, yet very God, from sin and death he saves us and lightens every load. It's incredible. 
Now, we celebrate the birth of Jesus at Christmas, and we do so knowing that that baby born in a manger was destined to experience the pain and suffering of Good Friday. Mary's joy at the birth of her baby boy would one day lead to the horror of seeing him tortured on the cross. And while these thoughts are sobering, they still lead us to joy, don't they? Because we know what came afterwards. We know that despite his death and despite his suffering, that Jesus would stand victorious in the end. Amen? Jesus would rise again on the third day after his death, conquering sin and death once and for all. So we celebrate Christmas this morning, and we're going to do so with a special time of communion. Uh, Hopefully you grabbed a a communion cup on the way in. If not, slip your hand up, and uh, Bella will will bring you one. If you're joining us from home this morning, uh, if you've got uh, something you can use for communion elements, we'd love for you to, to partake with us if you can. So we're going to, we want to remember Christ's birth in light of his greater mission, conquering sin and death and restoring our broken relationship with God. All right, so I'm going to read uh, from 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 23 through verse 26 as we, as we partake of, of this time together. And if you're taking these cups, make sure you don't open the bottom one first or else you're, you're going to be in for a bad time. <laughs> So from 1 Corinthians chapter 11, For I received from the Lord what I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the night when he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. So take and eat the bread that represents the body of Christ. So in the same way, he also took the cup after supper, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. The cup that represents the blood of Christ. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Amen? Amen. Merry Christmas.